everyone. Welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today with us, we have Sinan Gul. He is CEO and co-founder of Brain Blurb Startup Studio in Amsterdam. Uh, Sinan, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and about Brain Blurb? Yes, Charles. Thank you very much. Of course, as said, Sinan Gul, born in the Netherlands, um, 44 years old. And after a whole ride in a corporate environment with Deloitte and Arthur Anderson, I decided to jump in a world called entrepreneurship. Uh, had my fair share of successes and even bigger failures. Mm. Um, I set up three companies uh, in, in the Netherlands, in Europe. I had a company with 150 employees in, in four countries in Europe. Um, and then at some point, together with two partners, we decided to set up Brain Blurb. And Brain Blurb is a startup studio slash venture studio. And what it basically is, Charles, and I'm sure you have the similar experience that when you set up a venture, and of course, every venture and every idea is, is different. However, if you've done a couple of those ventures and venture building, you know that 80% is relatively similar. Yeah. Setting up a team making sure that you have your strategic plans in order, uh, the, defining that dot on the horizon and how you want to get there, get, getting funding, whether it's bootstrapped or, or any other way. And, and the hardest part is always making sure that, you, that you're able to hang in there, that you can push through, love the grind and put all the effort in. So once we identified for ourselves, okay, hey, setting up a venture, 80% is a similar process, similar journey you need to go through, say, okay, we're gonna improve this journey. We're gonna improve the, the, the quality of the journey. And hey, the three of us, we made a bunch of mistakes and let's learn from this, this, this lot of stupid mistakes. Let's make a machine, which instead of making bottles of shampoo makes ventures in a very effective and efficient manner. I mean, that's what it is. And we do it with a lot of people, a lot of fun people who in our eyes had the right mindset, meaning they are humble but are also uh, are able to set audacious goals and, and push through. So maybe a strange combination, but that's the type of person we are looking for. No, that's that's actually amazing. How many startups do you guys have at Brainblur? So we are relatively young. So we, we started two years ago, just before yeah. COVID. I mean, yeah. what about timing? I mean, yeah. the sense of time is perfect. <laughs> so roughly we have been involved in this time with 12 ventures 12. of which already five just failed in the first period which yeah. is fine which is we normal. accept we we accept that 90 percent of of ventures normally fail within the five, first five years and that, that is not yeah. to demotivate people but just accept reality i mean if you're going to climb mount everest which is already extremely hard but if you're packed just to climb a small hill yep then you might have a problem yeah, yeah, and I am reading a book about uh, grit. I'd have to pick the, the title back, but it's the latest book about grit. I'm preparing for an Iron Man in a couple of days. And the main theme of the book is to be realistic. You know, it's not exactly. to say, I'm going to... Oops, <laughs> just started on my, my phone. Yeah. 
Um, and basically, yeah, it was, uh, it's like, hey, be realistic. Don't think you're going to finish this Iron Man in like six hours, you know, uh, because if you step in that zone and you start being disappointed, then while you're running, you know, that will zap like important energy and will just, you know, make the race very, very painful. Um, so yeah, basically that's, that's a cool lesson, but I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just curious. Don't you think that this is giving like an, an exit door to the founder saying that like 90% of them will fail and it, it, it gives them an incentive to fail. Don't you think that that way? I mean, Yes, it will have an impact on some founders, which is good because I want those founders to leave directly at the beginning. And it sounds a bit ugly what I'm meaning. Okay. What we do, we are building a community. We have monthly meetups, we have bigger conferences, and we start with a statement. As I said, we had another conference in, at the end of September in the Netherlands International Conference. There, the first keynote theme is by a gentleman who shows the numbers saying, hey guys, 90% fails. 90% fails. And, and if it already scares people, that's good. Then, then you already have a kind of a pre-selection. You, you want think to most people range? are scared? Don't you think they're like, oh, um, yeah, I'll come there. And worst case, I might fail and that's okay. You know, don't you think it'd be better to, well, not to put too much stress on them saying, hey, you need to succeed. You need to succeed. But just telling them like, hey, with the proper guidance and with the, the proper uh, actions you might uh, avoid this 90% failure rate. Now, what we say is uh, don't be afraid to fail. That's number one. Okay. If you fail, fail well. Okay. You can fail in a proper manner. I failed in a tremendous ugly way. What I did, I was a young guy coming from, from Deloitte. I was very good in writing freaking business plans. I went to the bank. They gave me a loan, which I signed privately, 200K. I went flat on my face and I had to repay 200K. That was the biggest failure in a very ugly way. But that's what I'm telling our team. Hey guys, whatever you do, feel beautiful. You can feel in a beautiful manner that it gives you enough learnings and energy that you can jump back again for your and second and third and fourth. So feel intelligently. Yeah, my, failure, my last failure was like similar, just that it was 10 times less this amount. So I think it was like 20 or 30K. And I mean, I don't consider an ugly failure, although it is from a financial perspective, because I got like a PhD in entrepreneurship. Um, will I ever, because that was in the pharma industry, if you want, uh, mm -hmm. with a supplement um, that was approved by Health Canada, built by a team of scientists at, an, at, at a university. So I will come back in that domain. My next startup is a longevity uh, startup. So um, health is a passion of mine. You know, the more you can live and have a high quality life, the, the more money you can make and so forth. But that makes a lot of sense. And by the way, the book I was referring to is called uh, Do Hard Things. Uh, by Steve Magnus. So you'll probably hear about it a lot. It's like the number one book in, in that field. But no, I, I really much um, enjoyed the, what, what you're dropping so far in terms of knowledge. I also read some other conditions um, on like what type of startups to accept. And Charles, I think you, you pressed the mute button. Oh, yeah. Sorry, so no problem. For, since how long was I muted? I think it's <laughs> 10 seconds. But what you were saying is... Um, um, how to how to select the right ideas correct yeah well um i was i was talking i i was uh checking your criteria to be accepted as a startup in your um in your studio so i think yeah you guys accept around probably let's say 10 uh, startup a year a bit less when you start it's 200k investment minimum in each startup so 
Do you need to be rich to start an incubator slash a startup studio? No, no. Yes and no. You need to have money. I mean, that, that's a fact. Um, Good connections however, with the bank or? However, what we say, you don't need to start with 200K. Yeah? You don't need to start with 200K. Okay. What we are trying to do ourselves and also to try um, uh, with all of the, the team members involved is, hey, guys, let's try to sell your product even without a product. Okay. It sounds crazy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Let, well, let's no. do a... <laughs> Not to me, but to most, yes. Yes. So, I mean, let's, let's try to sell it. Well, while we have not a problem, we just have a freaking landing page. I mean, I know yeah. I'm not the only one saying that. Let's have a freaking landing page. Let's have a small 100%. campaign. Let's reach out to potential customers. Yeah, cold email. And, and let's do that. Mm-hmm. And then, then a couple of things uh, might happen and, and, and we have faced it. One, uh, an X number of team members just uh, are not able to deal with that. Reaching yeah. out to customers without a product, running a campaign without a product. And yeah, they just say, sorry, guys, this is not made for me, which is fine. Yeah, which means for us also, it's a good learning. Without having invested 200K, but having invested, I don't know, 20 or 40K, we learn, okay, this was not the right team member. Okay. Or it was not the right thing for him, him or her to do. That's one. Okay. Okay. Two, and as you know, uh, we start with a, a, a certain problem statement and, and, and a solution uh, in our minds. Yeah. And because we are reaching, reaching out to potential customers, we, we are running a small media campaign or social media campaign, you're learning that our base assumptions were wrong. So that really helps. And what the nice thing is, because uh, especially first time founders, when, I, when they enter the building, the first thing they want to do is, is to build their baby. They, they want to build their baby. They have a beautiful baby in their mind. They want to build it. Once you get the people and the team members and this guy or girl on, onto that mindset, is, hey, let's put it out there. Let's test it. Yeah. Once they get adjusted to that, you know you have the right type of entrepreneur within the team. And yeah. that person will hang on, not for one week, not for two weeks, but we will hang on if needed for three, four, five years. Yeah, and if, say, if 30K, we're talking about a solo founder, maybe co-founders that are really scrappy, two of them, right? Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, 30K, I mean, yeah, and it's mostly invested in the startups, you know, and maybe some ramen noodles if you're kind of generous. But um, yeah, it might uh, might take a time. Do you recommend that they start with something they have expertise in, something they have passion in, or any product that can make money? I mean, first of all, what we say from a venture studio point of view, it, it needs to be a scalable product or okay. a scalable service. Yeah? yeah, that is that is the the most important starting. Point. What's your definition of scalable? Yeah, that's a good one. It needs to have sufficient ambition to it to, to be able to, to grow uh, in multiple dimensions, meaning uh, locations, uh, assortment, uh, industry. I mean, if you're saying, with all respect, I want to start a grocery around the corner, I mean, that's not the type of thing we want to do. Yeah. And then what is really scalable, it, it's still up for discussion, but it, it depends on the ambition the founder has. Yeah. That, that, is, that is number one. The most important thing for us is, and from a venture studio point of view, is, is the co-founder. The most important thing. Yeah? Of course, the idea is something. You, you, you want to have an idea which is in, in an industry which is growing and, and thriving. But sometimes you have a, a, a guy or a girl who has an idea which we think is terrible. Yeah. But that person has so much passion and, yeah. and drive. And again, that humble mindset, yeah? mm. meaning no egos. Just mm-hmm. one, one, wanting to, to build 
a product which, which solves a, pr a problem, that's, yeah. that's for, for us the most important, the okay. most important. Okay. I typically recommend that people go like their first uh, entrepreneurship experience, they go co-founders. Do you recommend the same? Uh, it, it depends. Some, some, uh, the, uh, it depends on the personality of, of the person. Some, some people just want to go solo and that's fine. But isn't that ego right there? Like, especially if it's their agree. first entrepreneurial experience. <laughs> I mean, agree. Uh, that was my first thing also going solo. And we said, yeah. guys, if you want to increase your likelihood of success, you need to go co-found. From our, our yeah. point of view for the venture, we only do co-found. We don't do solo. No way. Yeah, that's interesting. When, um, in terms of product market fit, you know, like that's kind of my thing. I do cold email and I can scale it. Uh, so I can send a bunch of emails and uh, test out a bunch of product variances to a bunch of audiences. Um, is that what you recommend typically? I mean, that's for B2B, right? If you're B2C, I think I'd recommend like probably Facebook ads and TikTok. And I haven't found a precise scalable way to test out ideas on a scalable level on these platforms. But is that um, what you recommend once the team has built a solid product to do you use like mainly cold email if it's B2B? It really depends on the idea, really. Okay. I mean, we had a BDP idea uh, where we already knew that the total market and, and the total potential customers was relatively limited. So what's then the best approach? Pick up a phone and make a phone call or reach out in, in whatever way you can reach out because there's a limited number of potential customers. Yeah. If you need a B2B SaaS product for, I don't know, Workday 2.0, yeah, then indeed a cold email is a very nice way to see, hey, is there anything which is which is triggering, triggering the right response from potential customers? So, I mean, we, we try to be creative and, and, and it's not about sending a cold email or it's about getting your first assumption validated. Okay, interesting. Um, you mentioned that five of the 12 startups already fell. Do you feel that you have a unicorn in the seven left? I don't know. It's very difficult. And of course, don't get me wrong, you want to have a unicorn. But I, I, we are already happy. And this sounds maybe a bit ugly. We are already happy if we can um, create a company which tops at 20 million revenue with a 10% a uh, operating income. It's also fine. I mean, okay. yes, we are ambitious. But I think people forget how difficult it is to build a venture which is which is there to last. And if you can build a venture who does, which does 20 million and gives a good profit, but sits in a small niche, that's also fine. Really, okay. that's also good. And that's also a real accomplishment. Okay. Is, do you feel that being in Netherlands is being advantageous or disadvantageous in some cases? Um, not Netherlands. I would say if you compare Europe with the US from a funding point of view, mm -hmm. Europe is much, is much more difficult. Yeah, that that is the reality. Yeah, and on the other side, also what is more difficult if you compare Europe with the U.S. I mean, size-wise, population-wise, it's comparable. However, in uh, U.S. there's one language, there's one uh, roughly one jurisdiction. I mean, I'm going over the, the, the states yeah. in Europe, all different kinds of cultures, language, jurisdiction. So that that is a big dip. The home market in 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 the US is the US, and home market in in Europe it is or the Netherlands or Denmark or UK. 
there's a big difference. But yeah. from an entrepreneurship point of view, I mean, Europe in general terms, the Netherlands also, it's a very, very good environment to be in. I also found that in the US, there's one language culturally and it's money. Um, people will want <laughs> to test out things, you know, and not be worried if it fails. They'll just try out more things, which is the, the mindset that VCs have, that you have, obviously, with uh, saying that 90% will fail, you know, as it's the investor's mindset. You know, I'm going to put my eggs in various baskets and one is going to 10x and the others are, might going to fail, obviously, depending on the what the class of investment you're investing in. But uh, that also greatly facilitates business. D did you find that out too? Oh, Absolutely. No, I mean, yes, what you, what you call out now is very important. Yeah. That That is a mindset you have indeed in the US. There's not a mindset you have, for example, in, in Germany where people are much more prudent. Oof. I mean, don't get me wrong, tremendous strong economy. From a startup point of view, from a new venture building point of view, much, much, much more difficult to come with something which is totally new. Yeah. I mean, that that is a big... Thing we are behind uh, Europe versus North America. Yeah, some of my least favorite countries to do business in are, are France, um, Germany, very close markets. And well, I mean, startup wise, France is, is very exciting. Um, I also speak French. And obviously, well, oddly enough, Canada is not the best market for me. Uh, even though I'm from there, you know, bis on the business levels, they're not like uh, as sharp as the U.S. and or other markets. So, um, okay, well, um, where where do you want to bring your startup studios? And would you recommend um, to people that, let's say, that started their own startups that they go that route? Why did you go um, in the startup studio route? And where do you want to bring? I mean, there's like three questions in there. Yeah. Then I will give you at least three answers, uh, Charles. <laughs> Please do. Um, I mean, starting from my from my point of view, and also from for Dave, my C, the CTO, and, and Ronnie, who's our CFO. Mm -hmm. I mean, for us, it's all about entrepreneurship. Yeah. We have a passion for entrepreneurship. We have a passion for venture building. Yeah. Hey, and what is then nicer from from an organization point of view to be involved with ten to twelve to twenty ventures? I mean, mm -hmm. from a pure passion point of view, that's something we love to do. Oh yeah, that, that's, that's number one. Yeah. Would, what would our advice be to um, people who want to build a venture, whether should they should, should go solo, co-founder, or with, with a startup studio? I would say it depends on the personality of that person. It depends on the experience of that person. I mean, I'm not talking only uh, about us, but if you have a experienced venture, uh, venture builder, a studio, they have a lot of experience. They can really help you increase your likelihood of success. And they have, a, they have a process, they have a network, they have access to funding. And, and especially for, for, for first-time founders, that can be very, very beneficial. So again, it depends on, on the concept, the idea, and, and, and the person involved. So my, my thesis for uh, startup stu studio slash incubators is, yes, the passion is there, especially if you're kind of not ADHD, but, you know, you're kind of a generalist that loves to take ideas from a bunch of different fields and uh, make your unified theory of startups. And that's very much my type. You can cross-pollinate uh, lessons that you have from your various startups. And obviously the knowledge that you learn as the founder of that incubator is humongous. And you can apply that in further ventures that you will start. Um, that's kind of my uh, thesis there. And yeah, if, if we can hit a unicorn, that's fine. Although I think, you know, it could be 
kind of risky. Um, for example, if I if I have a deal with a bunch of investors that back this um, studio, this startup studio, and it doesn't work out well, you know, it could be financially risky. So, how do you make sure that you know it's a resounding financial success? Mm -hmm. Good question. Uh, first of all, uh, before I answer your question, Charles, I want to make a clear distinction between incubators and startup studios. And okay. Why do they say that? An incubator, yeah. the word says it. They give you advice, they give you an office, they give you advice, and consulting, mentoring, and, and they take a bit of the equity. The venture studio, startup studio, is what we would call an institutional co-founder. It is a co-founder. It has a seat around the co-founder's table. table. And that's why the max number of ventures we can do a year is between 8 to 10 max. Okay. Maybe even less, because all our resources, money, people, knowledge will go into these five, six, seven ventures. Okay. More time, there is not there. Okay. Even if you go to the really large venture studios, they, they do the same. Okay. I mean, six to eight, 10 max. Okay. So you will never have a, a venture studio doing 20, 30, 40. It's impossible. Okay. So that, that's number one. Okay. So from, from a model point of view, and so we talk with a lot of investors and, he, and he, I think the majority of the more uh, mature uh, uh, venture studios have their own dedicated venture fund. Mm. The way how not only position, but the way how we defend this towards investors is saying, hey guys, with a venture studio, you are involved very, very early stage. Okay. Normally a, a investor would come in earliest seed, yeah. significant seed, going to series A. In here, you have a way to be already involved in pre-seed. Okay. Yeah. So you will give, I don't know, uh, you, will, uh, you, you will provide your fund to the bigger, uh, uh, your investment to the, to the startup studio fund and your, your money is, sits there five to 10 years. You know that that piece of your money will be touching roughly as if we do uh, 10 ventures per, per year, and we do it for 10 years, that money of yours will be touching pre-seed roughly between 80 to 100 ventures. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah that's a lot. So the, so the likelihood of hitting a unicorn within this factory, which has a clear product, clear process, is, is bigger and bigger. And the nice one is then, then when, when, there, when there's a seed round or series A, you are very early involved. So first, the, the price and evaluations because it's pre-seed is very low. And secondly, you are you have a, a inflow of potential projects or roughly between 80 to 100 ventures. So that, that is how that is how we position it. That's also what the reality is. And one unicorn can 10 to 100 x the ROI. Is that it? Exactly. That's still that's the model, it, but, right? But but not only that, mm -hmm. we also yes, that's good. Even because the, the, the because you're getting invested in pre-seed valuation very low, even if we have a couple of them doing I don't know, 20 million uh, turnover with a 10%, it already has a very strong uh, return. Okay, interesting. And we don't and need the, we don't need like uh, Andrews uh, Horowitz. We don't need that 10 billion, 100 billion. We don't yeah. need that. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to invest uh, 400 million in Adam Newman's new venture. That, that's really interesting. Correct. Um, <laughs> I love Adam Newman for the record. Uh, anyway, um, 
Okay, well, that's that's interesting. Also, I think you meet incredible people, um, co-founders that can be uh, converted into talent later on in businesses, and you build you know a network of very smart and amazing people. So I think that's the greatest. And there's probably other business models uh, hidden here and there, but um, podcast already coming to an end. I want to talk about the little conferences that, that you're organizing pretty soon. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. I'm going to share my screen with you, which means the people who are on there cannot see it, but just for me to talk around. I mean, what we are doing here is looking at how can we increase our life success. When I say our life success, all the ventures we are we're dealing with. I mean, yeah. I've been to a couple of conferences. I've, I've been to the Lean Startup Conferences by Eric Ries in the, in the yeah. US and Las Vegas and to some others. And a lot is around methodology. Yeah, lean startup, early validation, and, and, and design thing, which is all good. Don't get me wrong. But looking at our own experience, looking at the experience of other studios and other venture builders, we see it is not only methodology. Yes, methodology is key. It is important. But it is also ideation, meaning, hey, I have an, a great idea in my mind. However, is this blue ocean or red ocean? Yeah. If this is a red ocean with, with, with fierce competition, is this something we should pursue? Mm -hmm. It's also about team. You need to have the right co-founding team with the right uh, capabilities in there, yeah. but not only capabilities, also dynamics. I mean, if you guys are not able to, to really fight in a positive manner, then also it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Funding. You need to have the right type of funding at the right moment. Yeah, I gave you my own, own big mistake of getting a bank loan for an unvalidated idea, there's a terrible way of funding. Yeah. Then number five, energy. For us, that's the most important uh, pillar. You need to have the right energy mindset. You need to be able to, to push through because you will have a lot of challenges. Stuff will go wrong. You will have a great product. You will launch it and nobody will respond to anything. And, and you will need to keep pushing through. So this whole uh, conference, uh, which we have on September 20th and 21st in the Netherlands, where we invited uh, uh, venture builders, experienced entrepreneurs from all around the globe, from Asia, from the US to Europe. We're saying, hey guys, let's focus on these five pillars, ideation, methodology, team, funding, and energy. So that's it, uh, Charles. I would say come over. Maybe uh, I'll come. Who knows? Uh, when, when is that? And uh, how much do you charge per ticket? So it's the 20th and 21st of September, and we charge 500 euros. Nice. And that's a bargain. That's a bargain. It I is for the two, deals you can get there. I paid 2,500 for the Lean Startup Conference. Of course, that's a different hardware scale, but yeah. we want to keep it still accessible for, for people who are really into this topic. Yeah, 100%. And where can people find out more about you? Uh, we have the uh, website right here, buildingscalableventures.com. Good one. Correct. And where can people find out more about you and Brainblur? That is just my LinkedIn profile, Sinan Gül. If you type it in LinkedIn, then you will find me. Sinan, S-I-N-A-N space Gul, G-U-L. So Correct. thank you so much, uh, Sinan. This has been amazing. Uh, it was a cool podcast. It was short, but I think we drove a lot of lessons in. So thanks to you and uh, we'll be in touch. Charles, thank you, man. Good luck. Have a good Bye -bye. day. Bye.